0: We were trying to save the world. I was picking up the house. Why don't you put it down? Come over. Come over.
1: Welcome to Femidish, a podcast that seeks to explore the various intersections of food and feminism by sharing the stories of women from around the world and celebrating their unique ability to nourish themselves and one another. This episode is part of our special mini series featuring the makers at Fork Food Lab in Portland, Maine. Fork is a membership based shared commercial kitchen and food business incubator. So joining me tonight, as always, is my co host, Sandy.
0: Hi, everybody.
1: And our guest this evening is Heather, a current member of Fork Food Lab and owner of Local Babe Food, a farmed family prepared organic puree and healthy snack food company creating food for babes of all ages. Hi, Heather. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. So tell us what you do and and what is Local Babe and how did you come up with the idea?
2: Yeah, um well, local babe food is um it's a passion that really has been I feel like a lifetime in the making. Um I have a lot of uh background and history with um my hands in the soil, being a volunteer on various farms, um all centered in Maine, really started when I was in college and um, had the opportunity to, to volunteer. And it really just sparked a lot of joy to see where things come from, um, the people and the places that that nourish our communities. Um, and over time, I just I, I fell in love with it. Um, it really uh, connected deep with me to be able to see that process and be a part of it. I started studying herbalism, uh, botany, and wanting to be more and more involved with connecting farmers and farm food with community. Um, from there, I (laughs) became a mom and found a need to, um, nourish myself when I don't really have time and uh, my little one who started eating solids around six months and wanting to bring all that I'd learned um to my family and to myself uh quick healthy organic local those are all foundations that are important to um what I want to drive myself and and my growing little one um So it all kind of fell into place, Um, all of this, this love for the earth and and how things uh, come to be and and nourishing. And I just kind of went for it and decided that I wanted to provide an option in Maine that connected kind of my network of farmers built over time, their food and stories with other growing families um, or busy adults. It was just a really exciting idea to be able to connect um, busy, healthy people with local healthy food. Um, So that is local babe food, just accessible for everybody and uh, locally grown.
0: That's really wonderful to hear about wanting to keep those connections going between the land and farming and um, really creating a good healthy product for people. Tell us more about the products that you have. You say babes of all ages. So what what does that mean? What kind of products are you putting out there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I make fruit and veggie purees um, in mason jars or reusable pouches. Pouches are huge (laughs) for kids of all ages. um, But also for adults, I slurp them down when I'm out in the garden or driving around and it, it feels good to have something that's quick and accessible but um reusable packaging is really huge for me too I mean a lot of um fast food or or pre-made food kind of hurts my heart the packaging uh, even if it's recyclable just thinking about my um you know eco footprint um was really important to me and in, in my um goals with local babe so uh yeah the jars are great because you can always find a use for a mason jar and. Um, pre-COVID, uh, my hope was to accept jars back kind of for like a discount and, uh, you know, sterilize them and keep using them. I think that's a, a goal eventually that we'll obtain, but for now, people just using their jars as they go through the product. Um, so yeah, we make the purees and, uh, which is really great for babies, but also really great for adults throwing into smoothies or, baking, Um, just nothing added but water and what's grown, so um, no preservatives, no sugar, I I feel really good about that and and bringing that to all the babies, Um, and then I also make soft snacks for toddlers, Um, kind of the baby-led weaning initiative where it's um, like finger-length food that's soft and chewable, helping them with different textures sometimes that's just baked veggies. I call them baked bites, Um, kind of baked until they're soft. Carrots are really great for that. I mean, all root veggies, but also fruits. I did like a dehydrated strawberry recently um, and they taste like Twizzlers. They're so great. And it's just, uh, you know, astounding how great things taste without any additives. I, I think that A lot of our packaged food um, just comes with things that we turn a blind eye to or come to uh, accept that there's sugar, salt, or preservatives, but it's not always needed. Um, So I really love bringing that to our baked bites for toddlers. But then again, adults can eat those too. I try to make it really accessible for all ages with a focus as uh, you know, this can be great for this age, but is also accessible for adults. Um, because we're busy, and if we're feeding our kids too, I mean, there's no shame in snacking on what your little one's got going on, especially if it's local, organic, and delicious. So that's a big goal for me. Um, and then breakfast just kind of came together. Uh, the idea of sharing breakfast anytime was really wonderful to me. Um, (laughs) Breakfast for dinner is a lot of the heart of great memories for me Um, with friends or family or my family or just my spouse. When, you know, you're tired of thinking of ideas for dinner or cooking something elaborate, like that aha moment comes and you're like breakfast for dinner. Let's do this. And all of a sudden everything tastes wonderful, whether it's French toast or an omelet, or just, you know, home fries even. Um, So my love for breakfast and how it connects people was really um, just a wonderful uh, opportunity to expand my product line. So I make um, pancakes, waffles, something I call oat cakes, which is basically oatmeal baked into like little cupcake flour shapes or um, oat loaf, kind of like a porridge loaf sliced. And I add all sorts of local berries. Sometimes I sneak veggies in there. The rhubarb was really awesome. A beet uh, glaze turned out really great. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all about uh, you know whatever's growing. So um, there's no added sugar. There, like I said, there's no preservatives in these things. And um, I make them both bite size in jars or um, accessible and reusable snack packs. So they have a food grade lining, they zip close, uh, they're freezer safe or good for dried snacks. And that really helps um, me and my household get through the week. Like, okay, I've got the freezer packed full of good stuff and I can pull it out, uh, you know, as we go. And it seems to be really uh, connecting well for my customers too. They feel good about not having to eat it right away, but also having the option to eat it right away. So um, yeah, freezer safe and friendly breakfast foods. Um, We make potato flatbreads, which is a really wonderful thing we stumbled upon when making a potato puree basically mashed potatoes with a little local flour um, that I shape into flatbreads baked um and then I add roasted veggies or eggs for a breakfast wrap and that's kind of Yum. a cool thing too yeah like breakfast is so um wide spanning that when I am faced with these wonderful local ingredients I'm not sure what to do seems like there's always an option for me in breakfast um So those are my kind of main branches of product, puree, uh, baked bites, and breakfast foods.
1: (laughs) Now, I'm just bummed you weren't around when my kids were like like (laughs) five, or almost five. So they're a little beyond some of the the products you mentioned. Although some of them, you know, I'm going to have to find you at a local farmer's market because some of them sound like right up their alley.
0: (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean... It's all
2: about being adventurous. And I'm trying to accommodate, um, yeah, all ages and stages. So that's, yeah, it's exciting.
0: I really liked the idea when you said about how you like for adults, you could use the purees in smoothies or in baking. I hadn't, I've never thought about that. That's such a good idea. Like it's already all done for you right there. It's and you can just plop it right in. You don't have to do any of the chopping yourself, any pureeing yourself or anything. That's like such a genius idea. <laughs> and especially when just like you said, it's just water and the, you know, the produce, whatever that might be. That's exactly what I would want. I, you know, I don't want any preservatives. I don't want the extra added sugar. Um, so just for that reason alone, I don't have kids, but yeah, I'm going to I make a lot of smoothies. So I'm totally going to get into that.
1: Well, I have to say, I um, had mentioned this before we got on the recording tonight to Heather that I had a friend who had surgery um, and needed to eat pureed mm. for quite a while during great point, yeah. and was complaining about the lack of quality baby food. But then as I sat here and thought on it, um, I had a pretty major surgery when I was 19. And I lived off of freeze pops and chocolate pudding for probably oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, to have not that I was quite as, you know, health food minded at 19 as I am today, but to have, you know, other pureed food options or like soft, you know, easy to eat and chew kind of mm-hmm. options would have been great.
0: Yeah. If only local babe food was around at that time.
1: <laughs> I- I yeah. <laughs>
0: I tried to make my sister when she had her first child as a Christmas present. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy all these cute little mason jars and I'm going to make her baby food. And this was maybe, she's going to, her oldest daughter is me, nine now. So this was almost, you know, nine, 10 years ago. And I, I would, you know, I was like, I'm going to buy the vegetables and I'm going to puree them and I'm going to put them in jars. And I did, I did, um, I think I did sweet potatoes mm-hmm. and. I I can't remember what the uh, I did three sweet potatoes and then a third one and then I did beets and my entire kitchen looked like a murder scene. beets, <laughs> it was absolutely everywhere between like getting on the walls from the blender and it was on the spoon and the counter and on the floor and on myself and it was absolutely just a heinous <laughs> scene coming to my baby food.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh well you know what it's funny that you mentioned beets because that's been my go-to if I need like a little natural food coloring or I want to add some vibrancy to something I'm totally turning to the beets I think they have like a comeback in the making. Everyone's interested in beets. They're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I started making donuts last week. Sorry to bury that lead. That's been a huge, huge, yes. Um, Vegan donuts, but I made them with a beet glaze and people were so psyched about them. I, I took a risk with it because it's, you know, it's, it's a beet, it's a veggie, it's, it's kind of funky looking and it is really, really messy and vibrant. Um, but everyone loved it. Uh, so then I dabbled in beach rose glaze and that was similar. I, I took a risk with it. Um, cause people aren't always interested in eating their flowers, but some people really are, but I mean, beach rose is beach rose. It's delightful. So that was really fun to bring to the table. Um, and donuts are definitely something that I'm gonna keep expanding on. Uh, I think even through yeah the whole year, there's so much you can do with it. So I'm really psyched um, to play with those root veggies and those colors and and the flavors that are coming.
0: That's really awesome. I mean, beets with that like bright pink that you can get from it, or like deep dark red, you can really get some like you said, very very vibrant, very eye catching colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about you said that you you know had to change a few things obviously because of covid. I think you from what we've heard from you even before recording you had to change a lot of things because of what happened um in the world that we're living in. So tell us a little bit about how you had to change your business.
2: Yeah. Oh, I mean uh, yeah, so I started taking classes and you know certifications and um just getting all my licensing in order, uh, I think back in December or January. And then I was ready to open in March and everything kind of came to the the COVID standstill. Um, even the, the health inspector of the city was self-quarantined um, for two weeks and he was the only one that could kind of give the green light and do the inspection. So I, I had to wait and of course hope that he was okay and then kind of the terrible wonder like well what if he isn't okay does that mean like no new businesses can happen or like what does this translate to so this is a very like uncertain coming out of winter into this new unknown in the world um and in the business world I mean I I put a lot of heart soul planning uh education, just uh, time into this idea and this hope. And for a moment there, you know, it was that kind of catch your breath, like, okay, uh, I'm all in, is this going to happen? And luckily I just stayed persistent and, um, you know, tried to work with the city in different ways and, and make sure that I was, you know, ready when they were and everything lined up for me to open a few months later in May. Uh, which is still so new and unbelievable that uh, I've been only open for a couple months because it's just been a really, really welcoming um, uh, opportunity with all the communities and people and online or in real life or curbside or delivery, all the avenues that I'm putting local babe food out there are just, just being really well received. So it's, it's a blessing and it's, strange that it's only been a couple of months because it feels maybe it's because it feels like a lifetime coming that uh you know my my heart's in it I'm I'm on the line and even with the pandemic I'm just I'm here and maybe in a strange way also it's it's the perfect time to open because now is when our community needs nourishment and needs that warmth and um nurturing and opportunity to connect with themselves and their food and their farmers and how important that is um so I'm really really honored and excited to be a part of that cycle and hopefully um you know a nourishing uh, shoulder and and avenue and um and business for people to connect with during this time it's crazy I think that's-
1: Incredible. I mean, you're spot on. I think so many people have really um, realized the importance Mm -hmm. of um, food security on a personal level. I mean, it can be talked about, about like, you know, hunger in the world, but all of a sudden people were really faced with, you know, where does our food come from? Is it safe to eat? How am I going to get food? And, you know, I've heard from so many different farmers and people in the food industry. There's just just been this huge surge in interest in local, just kind of wholesome food. Um, so I think you're right. In that way, it probably was a little bit of serendipitous timing for you to be opening a business during the pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you also talk about community and nourishing your community as in like your customers. We are also involved in this great community um that is Fork Food Lab. Mm-hmm. And how how was starting a business, you know, because you're a newer newer member, um, just having launched your business a few months ago were they really helpful, like helping you navigate all these changes? Um, why did you choose for, you know, what are, what kind of benefits have you seen through being a member there? How has that helped you launch Local Babe Food?
2: Oh my goodness. I mean, they are a vital, like key importance in, in making this all possible. they I've never really um, heard or seen or been a part of anything quite like uh, Fork Food Lab. And it's just such an amazing opportunity to be. um, It's this huge industrial shared kitchen um, for so many businesses. So I already feel connected to like this web of professionals and And small businesses and creativity and and local artisans from all different backgrounds, just walking through the door and seeing my logo up there with, you know, all these other members that use the space. Um, And it's just, I, I don't know if I would have been able to, to open a pandemic or not without them because of all the things I would have never thought of or had to budget or had to have maybe taking out a huge loan to, to make possible Um, the big things like the industrial oven or the mixers or hand blenders that I use and the little things like the aprons and laundry service and recycling service and composting service. I mean, it all adds up and um, it's gotta be costly. I, I remember in May, I was just astonished that restaurants And food businesses exist because it's such a huge cost uh, just to turn on the lights and start cooking and hoping that someone is going to order your product. And if you have employees, et cetera, et cetera. So just to be there and have like a breath of relief and, um, you know, all of these amazing um, staff members having my back and helping me navigate through with the actual tools, but also with their expertise. I mean, there, I, I think there are three or four staff members that are in constant contact with me, which is so valuable and so incredible. I'm constantly thanking them because I don't know what I'd do without them. One's just for marketing and helping with online store, which is something that they provide for all members. And it feels like a community and it feels like I can have sales come in easily through that avenue, and it's wonderful. And they help with professional photos of my food or talking me through how my farmer's market table is set up or, you know, all of these nuances that are so um, important and just wonderful (laughs) to have someone to bounce ideas off of with, um, especially in the beginning There's also someone there just for member services. So they just check in with me on how things are going or how much time I'm using in the kitchen, what my membership looks like, how I can utilize my time better. I was like uh, hand peeling and boiling potatoes and it took forever. And then I had to mash them all and then I had to cook them all into flatbreads and then I had to package them and it was taking me like three or four hours And she was like, you know, we have this really awesome combi steamer over in the corner. Why don't you use that? It'll cut your time in half. And it was just this
0: aha (laughs) moment.
2: Like, Okay, absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she even sent me like a chart of how long to do it for my specific ingredients and stuff. Like they just go above and beyond. And um, it's really evident that they're passionate about making our passions, uh, come to light in the community and in fork and in general. Um, so they're amazing. I can't say enough great things about, uh, this opportunity. Um, and when I first reached out to them and told them a little bit about my ideas and business, they even said, well, you know, it sounds like you're sourcing, uh, you know, 90% or more of your ingredients from local farmers, we actually have a scholarship that we'd love to offer you because of that initiative. So I've got my membership, um, you know, covered for the first three months, which was also a huge um, opportunity for me to get my foot in the door, get my bearings, and now um, feel that much more connected to what's driving this that they have an interest in that initiative um it's just it's wonderful
1: that is incredible i mean you touched on so many different things um about you know any kind of food preparation business that someone who maybe hasn't worked in a commercial kitchen before like you're saying may not realize that you need to budget in like laundry service for your you know dish okay. your towels for like cleaning up and um, So I just think that's great that fork exists and it can help people kind of make that transition from, um, a vision or a dream into reality. And also that they do have programs. We talked to them briefly, the staff members of fork about the scholarship you receive for sourcing Mm -hmm. most of your ingredients for your products, from local farms here in Maine. Um, they're also working on developing another scholarship program, um, geared towards um, helping people from marginalized communities and um, launch their business. So we hope to hear more about their other scholarship program in the future, but I'm so glad that you were able um, to get going with that little extra bit of help through receiving that scholarship.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that Fork also, I guess I didn't consider that about all those different services like, like laundry or compost. Um, or think some of those, you know, smaller little, like uh, f- photography, for example, like you said, um, I do not really know that they did. I knew they did so many other things like business-wise and the, with the commercial kitchen, but I didn't realize they had all those other services. That's, that's incredibly helpful.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was even doing like all my dishes by hand, which would take like another hour by myself afterward. And the member services uh, staff was like, Heather, take them downstairs. There's this wonderful like industrial dishwasher. Just load it up, press the button, you're done. I'm like, what? Where have you This is wonderful. Yeah. You- <laughs> Can I get one of those from my kitchen, please? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> Every step of the way, they're they're down to brainstorm, they're down to make it um, more accessible and make me more successful. And I feel that all the time and I appreciate it all the time.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful to hear about such a great community like that. And I, I think that's pretty shared amongst who we've already talked to other members at Fork. Um, just knowing that that community is there to support them and that you I'm sure there was a lot of maybe, um, you know, challenges for you to get to this point of saying, OK, I'm going to launch this business. You know that we all maybe think about, oh, I'm going to start this or I'm going to do that, but to really actually do it. That's that takes a really big leap. And to be able to do that, it seems like with a group like Fork that has not only all the logistical things that you need and make it helpful and easier, but that supportive community that um, maybe if you're feeling doubtful or feeling stressed or something, then, you know, they're there for you that way. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And thinking about you starting the business, you know, and what it was like for you to conceptualize this and turn all of these dreams and passions, like you said, into a reality. Can you speak to anything about anything that was unique to this business for you as a woman, whether that was challenges or the inception of it or um, anything along the way like that?
1: Yeah,
2: um... Well, it's been it's been a journey. I've connected with a lot a lot a lot of moms all in different um, stages with their uh, motherhood and and ambitions and just family life or challenges and it's been really um, empowering to be there for for other moms and other women um, you know, be there for everyone, but it, it seems like uh, mamas were the first ones to reach out to me and be like, Oh my gosh! I can't believe y- you can find the time to do this, and thank you so much for finding the time to do this. Um, so that's been really uh, awesome to to connect with, um, because that's a huge barrier for um, for finding local healthy food. is is really just the time, the money, the energy, you know, everything that goes into being able to. Um, prepare local organic food for your family, um, I wanted to kind of break down those barriers. Um, so I'm really honored to have lived through experience on farms and um, feel connected to so many in Maine. Um, it's just been such a wonderful journey to to build up to this point and to uh, recognize that, um, you know, there is this struggle and and try to to break it down for everyone Um, so yeah I mean then this like marvelous thing happened where uh, you know I'm at a I'm at three farmers markets uh two where I'm behind the table and one where fork is um presenting like a shared table of member products and my you know my products are funky they're they're creative and they get you know, a wide variety of uh, responses. Whether people are comfortable eating, you know, a, a creative blend of things in a in a classic food uh, like waffles with strawberry and basil, or whether that kind of freaks them out and they're not sure how to process it, it's so valuable for me to be there and talk with them about it and talk about ingredients and talk about their preferences and and see them kind of wiggle out of a comfort zone and and get into trying something or get behind the reusable snack packs or whatever draws them in and and see them try it. Um, but I have to put so much out on the table, which is also wonderful because everything's colorful on its own. I've got, you know, purple carrots and then the bright strawberry beet and um, even a blueberry beet that's a different hue. And I just let everything kind of upside down in the mason jars speak for themselves. And That's also great for kids. They, you know, see this bright, uh, I have like a zucchini apple uh, puree and they're like, oh, I love that color green. And then all of a sudden it's a conversation blooming. Their parents are excited that they're excited about food and, you know, it's just all whatever the ingredients are doing the talking and showing. Um, But since I have to put so much out on the table at the end of the market, you know, I'm not always comfortable putting everything back in the freezer. It's kind of got to be eaten within the next couple of days. So that blossomed into this awesome opportunity where all of a sudden I do have some, you know, overhead or or cost in this product potentially wasted, but I get to bring it home to my family. And all all of a sudden I'm meeting that need that started this idea anyway. Um, I've got you know breakfast, lunch, snack for my fifteen month old, and I'm scarfing down some farm donuts on the way home that I feel good about. Um, and I justify it also that this has got to be eaten in a couple days. It's been out. It's time. Um, my spouse like greets it with welcome arms too. So this this natural process of having um, potential product loss by showcasing it all at the market turned into meeting my initial need of feeding my family good, healthy stuff. So I really love that balance and how that, uh, that turned out. I'm really grateful that, um, you know, without thinking about it too much, it, it solved itself. Um, so that's something that really is great about the presentation of all of it as well.
1: That's such a sign of a high quality product is when the maker is eating it and feeding it to their own family. Um, you know, you, you always wonder if like, you don't eat the food where you work. <laughs> yeah, you right. I've worked in a couple of those restaurants <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, yeah. <laughs> over the years. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat the food. No, no snap meal for me, please. Um, so just, that just speaks so much to the quality of your products and, and, um, you know, you believe in them so much that they are, you know, something that you and your family eat on a regular basis. And I think that's great. Um, So you're a very new business and, you know, you have launched during kind of literally the most uncertain of times. Um, But what is the vision? What are your plans? Where do you hope your, your business will go? Like what is a year from now, if any of us can even begin to fathom what a year from now, (laughs) what it would look like for local babe food, at least. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am so excited every time I meet with my farmers about whatever they have going on and growing on, uh, whether it's excess or herbs gone to flower or, you know, it's challenging in Maine sometimes to to feel connected to your local food because everything feels so dreary and cold and you can't see the greenery, but that's when the root veggies thrive or when they're at least stored from their harvest. Winter markets exist. I'm going to still exist. Um, I'm excited to play with with whatever can warm us through the long, long winter ahead um, and the uncertain times ahead. But I think that my vision for local babe food at the heart of it is to really be open to expanding to different states and regions and uh, growth. I mean, the growth in California is completely different than what we have growing on in in Maine. Um, it'd be so wonderful to be able to nourish different communities, too, and, and play with whatever's growing. Um, I mean, long, long-term goal would be, you know, over, over the world. I mean, sky's the limit. What's growing in Europe? What can I do over here? You know, as there's so many flavors, it's so vital to literally our survival and creativity keeps us, uh, you know, sparking, keeps our imagination going, keeps us wanting more and, and thriving through energy. I would love to just keep playing with food keep exploring communities, keep supporting farmers and really just keep flourishing. I just, I just want to feed everybody healthy, (laughs) wonderful things. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And so Heather, um, you know, you are a mom of a very young child and you're a new business owner and you just opened in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, not that those things aren't, enough of a challenge. Um, but have you noticed or felt like you've experienced any kind of like unique challenges or barriers, um, because you're a woman, when it comes to opening a new business or, you know, are your challenges kind of like you think innate to anyone? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, absolutely. Being, um, being a woman, and new business owner with everything in mind, um, all of it kind of centers around, this place of wanting to nourish and nurture um, kind of at the core of my being and my experience. Um, So starting with like, you know, fostering growth on farms and gardens and being really captivated by that process um, and moved by it and, you know, nannying throughout the years, becoming a mother and nurturing in a whole different way, watching this little one grow and wanting to be a part of that, process um you know it's exciting it's nerve-wracking it's um incredible and it definitely taps into um my sense of womanhood and and, um, what I can bring to the world and expanding upon that with my business just trying to nourish everyone um bring that that desire to care for others um people, plants, community, uh, all of it uh, has really come forth as um, something, you know, unique and um, moving as a woman. Um, You know, any business definitely wants to provide a need for their community and the consumers and, and, you know, meet a goal. But I think something um, interesting that kind of organically happened with my business and my um, mission you know, not only making reusable snack packs and handmade bibs, there's kind of this call to arms for seamstresses everywhere with this pandemic. All of a sudden we're making masks <laughs> and feeling um, that push to provide safety and comfort and also vibrancy and uh, creativity uh, um, in this whole new world problem of finding a mask um, and (laughs) having it match an outfit. And, you know, so that (laughs) became something that we also started offering, um, making those handmade masks. And it only felt right from my perspective, um, which is not everyone's business model, but became mine to donate half of our proceeds from the mask sales right back into local nonprofits.
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. What um, what nonprofits are you um, donating to? I mean, that, that's a huge um, profit margin to be donating.
2: Yeah. And I think yeah, that's, that's not for everyone. And I know I'm a new business, but it just feels um, like something I should do and something that I want to do. Um, so our first donation went to Maine Foodscapes. They're a nonprofit um, that builds raised bed gardens For meaners um, for free. Uh, Families, just roommates, single people, whoever um, applies for it. uh, They are so fantastic. They build everything, they fill it with local garbage to garden compost, um, provide seedlings, and then knowledge and nourishment around, uh, you know, as things grow. Uh, So I definitely felt like that was something I wanted to support. because of the growth and the connection to similar, you know, ambitions that I have with local food and education and just that um, providing that connection. And then our second donation went to Main Needs, um, who meet so many uh, needs in the community. They, they help. Um, Appropriately named. Exactly. I mean, as soon as I learned of them, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Maine Needs. <laughs> Um, they help families. They help um, new mamas. They have all sorts of programs. Um, they've been doing care kits and giving them to people, especially during this time. But just anyway, they're they're a really great local nonprofit. Um, and I'm I put it out there like, okay, what's the next um, nonprofit that means something to you guys? What I did that on my birthday. I was like, all right, well, for my <laughs> birthday, what? I want to hear from you, what matters to you guys? What, what where can I give? Um, so it's ongoing, I want to keep donating. I do, I try to raise like 250 each time to support um, based on those masks alone. So it's definitely unique and definitely, um, you know comes from this place of just uh, nurturing, caring um, and,
1: I think that's a great initiative I mean I have two young kids myself and I'm a a huge advocate for mask wearing um Mm -hmm. and my youngest is three and he wears his mask if we're if we're out so I mean he's technically like on that edge where I think Mm -hmm. people say that like maybe it's optional or maybe it's under three that that is but either way he's totally game to do it and it's partly because I've had some wonderful friends make some like kid-friendly masks Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I just think those like handmade ones like you're saying that you know when they're it's got different patterns or different colors and you can kind of like buy something that matches your personality. It kind of just makes it like another accessory. And for kids it can make it a lot of fun. We have one that has like a little kitty face on it or like um it not the, not the whole face but like whiskers so they feel like they're a cat. It's like a cat costume. <laughs> so I just think it's a great initiative and you know obviously there was like this sudden need for it and then to turn around and make it a way to like give back to the community is great. Um and it, you know, I think you touched on something that we've been trying to get to the bottom of is it's like, is it society's expectation um, that is put on women that makes us more likely to care for children and to care for Mm -hmm. our community? Or is that like something like innate to womanhood like Mm -hmm. as part of being a woman being like? just more inclined to kind of put ourselves out there in these caring roles or to find ways. Um, So, you know, here it is, you have this new business and it's a food-based business, but you also have this other skill. And so you kind of like used your skill and your platform as a new business to find a way to care for your community. Um, And that's, that's really great.
2: Thank you. thank you. I mean, I I do, I think it's a little bit of both that, um, that, uh, you know, view from society and also like a, Piece of our being, I think that women are a force of nature, and we're nurturing and we're uplifting. And sometimes our biggest challenge seems to be embracing that. Um, so I really want to empower myself and you know other women, other people, just communities to to tap into uh, caring for each other in any way that we can. Hopefully that comes across, you
1: know. <laughs> I will. I think that just the nature of your business really does. Cause you know, just wanting to put good food from, um, you know, local farms in, into other people's fridge, <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> and that really is kind of like the basis of caring and nurturing is nurturing the land and nurturing the community. And then of course, nurturing um, our bodies and, um, uh, I think, I think you've hit it like head on of of just all the ways you could kind of through a a business platform, do those things. Um, Now we've spoken to some other makers at Fork and also some of the employees at Fork and not that everyone who works at Fork Food Lab and not every maker is a woman, but the ones we're speaking to
2: um,
1: are women. And a lot of them have just talked about, you know, the support that they get not only from the other women at Fork, but just like in the community and Have you found that to also be the same, that there's just kind of like women are just ready to support one another with these new business ventures?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think that it's just, it it happens naturally almost, and it's um, inspiring, I I think, in general, but especially being at Fork, I've met a bunch of, um, of other members here, and it's just, they're ready to talk about their journey or, you know, help me connect with, I, I was looking for, you know, how to expand onto a website or, you know, what this looks like or this challenge and um, to be able to connect with people um, through their experience and wisdoms and, um, you know, have their encouragement and have them willing to share their insight is, you know, very valuable um, and, and widely appreciated. Uh, and it's been Yeah, it's been welcome with open arms, um, I think, by the members here and and just by this natural um, connection with other women entrepreneurs. So, no, it's been absolutely great.
0: Well, we want to just keep eating healthy, wonderful things. So thank you for putting that out there. I know where I'm going to get my next smoothie pack. Um, I know maybe they're a little more for someone a little younger than me, but I'm not discriminating against any of those breakfast waffle bakes that you got going because those sound incredible. Uh, tell uh, tell all of our listeners where we can find your products. You mentioned that you're at some farmers markets. Where else can we find your products? Um, and where can we find you online on social media? Where can we support local babe in all kinds of ways?
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I am at the Gorham Farmers Market on Saturdays. It's from eight thirty to twelve thirty. Uh, the Scarborough Farmers Market on Sundays from nine to one. Uh, Fork has some of my products um, at the Yarmouth uh, Farmer's Market on Thursdays from 3 to 6. Um, they also host the online store, so you can um, dabble around on Fork's website and, and check out their online store. They offer curbside pickup uh, three days a week and delivery in the greater Portland area and um, and I'm online, uh, Local Babe Food, uh, Facebook. You can always send me a message with a pre-order or a question or request. Um, Instagram, I'm always playing around with our bright, beautiful creations. Um, I'm here. You could email me or call me. All the contact information is, is on those um, avenues, and, and I'd love to talk more about You know, whatever anyone is thinking um, or whatever they would like to try or, you know, if they're not sure about something, what it what it looks like. I'm here to talk about things. I'm here to spotlight our farmers. Um, I'm I'm so excited to connect with everyone. So please reach out.
0: I love that. That's a very collaborative business. It's a very engaging business type of model to say, hey, what kind of things do you want to see? Where should where should I be taking this? So for any of our listeners out there, if you have an awesome product that you would love to see or a farm that you really think, um, could, you know, be a great connection for Heather. It sounds like she would love for you to reach out. Um, you can also find Femidish and reach out to us on all of our different platforms and let us know any other makers that you want to hear from or other, um, Uh, women or types of topics that you want to hear from you can find femidish on instagram and facebook at femidish that's f-e-m-i-d-i-s-h and you can email us at femidish at gmail.com and heather we could keep talking about all the awesome philosophies behind local babe food um, and all the delicious stuff you have all night Um, and we're just so glad that you could come and hang out with us for this little while and share all this Great stuff with us as part of our Fork Food Lab spotlight series this week. And um, for all of our listeners, please stay on for the rest of the week and hear from all of our other awesome makers that we'll be chatting with this week. So thank you, Heather, for coming and sharing your philosophies and your business.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do and this opportunity. This is wonderful. Thank you.
0: And we definitely can't wait to go and get all those products. And we hope that you all will, too. Uh, So find Heather on all of her social medias, at all of her farmer's markets, um, and (laughs) stay tuned with us on Femidish. Thank you, Hope, for being here tonight. Thank you. And see you all next time. Good night. House. We were trying to save the world. I was picking up the house. Why don't you put it down? Come over. Come over.